Hello, church. I'd like to continue the conversation we've been having the past couple of weeks and uh, dig even a little bit deeper into what it means for each of our missional communities to be fully church. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how our church has gone from kind of a centralized to a decentralized model during this time and laid out how that really closely aligns with the New Testament church and the opportunities that that gives for uh, people to operate in their giftings and for um, pastors and elders and leaders to be able to support ministry going on uh, in backyards, in missional communities, but how I felt it was so important that we see each of our small communities of faith meeting now in backyards or grand rooms um, to really be fully church. That's important to me, and that's important to me that you feel that way, that our, our smaller communities of faith are not just substitutes, uh, poor uh, representations of uh, something that we're doing uh, as like a, a holdover until we can get back to the real thing, full church. Now, each of our small missional communities should be fully church. People should be using their giftings. We can be worshiping and praying and praising and studying scripture and uh, ministering to one another, uh, operating in all the gifts. Um, seeing God move powerfully, celebrating the Lord's Supper together. All these things are what make church, just as we see in Acts chapter 2. Uh, and we, all those things can happen in our smaller community gatherings right now. And so I want us to embrace being fully church and being satisfied with this beautiful expression of church in our small communities. So Michaela built on that beautifully last week by talking about how kids fit into that. And she'd been praying a lot about for months, really, uh, how to support our children in this different approach that we're experimenting with and living in right now and hopefully really enjoying and thriving in as well. Um, but she came up with five values that were things for us to highlight, uh, goalposts, you know, markers, things we could shoot for, targets that we could say, if we're focusing on these five things, then for our children, Children, this won't be a lame representation of church. It'll be something vibrant, something alive. You know, it's ownership, it's making them feel and, and participate in such a way that it's just theirs, right? Uh, experiencing God, operating in their giftings, being seen and heard and known, having one-to-one -one relationships. And so we recognize if a child had all those things, if they were owning it and it was for them, not just a bunch of adults getting together and a couple of kids like sitting off to the side bored, if they're having relationships and really experiencing God and using their gifts, obviously that's going to be a vibrant, beautiful thing, fully church. Uh, so I want to just continue that thought to say, isn't that what it's supposed to be for us as adults as well? Us as adults in our smaller community gatherings, aren't they supposed to be, isn't it supposed to be a sense of ownership? Not just, you know, the, the hosts or facilitators being the one in charge, but no, everybody coming together as peers. Uh, gathering together to see what Christ is going to say and do, uh, using our giftings, all of us, experiencing God, all of us, uh, having one-on-one -on -one relationships, being seen, heard, no, isn't that what we want as well? So I just want to draw the parallel and just take it one step further this week by looking at the relationship between Jesus and his disciples. And this is a thought that kept coming up for our missional community last Sunday as we discussed Michaela's sermon. Uh, and so I'd like to just dig into it really simply for us this week uh, and continue the conversation. When Jesus gathered his 12, it's much the same way that we think about gathering, say, the 12 kids in our group, or if your missional community doesn't have children that are a part of it actively, weekly, um, then the grandchildren in your lives, the children in your families, the children in your lives, even if they're not gathering with you on those Sundays, 
Uh, isn't that what Jesus did with his disciples? You know, he had one-on-one -on -one relationships with them. He gave them a sense of ownership. It wasn't just Jesus doing everything. He had them do things. He commissioned them to do things. He challenged them to do things. Um, based on their faith, it's almost like at times he dared them to do things. Like, do this. Let's see that faith. You know, walk on water, Peter. Uh, and so I want us to kind of embrace this uh, as adults, these five values. And so I've picked uh, two specific events that happened in the lives of Jesus and his disciples. They're both in Matthew 14 and they're back to back. And so I'd kind of like to read both of them just together to hear them. But I'd like you to look for those five things. Uh, look for a sense of ownership. Look for experiencing God. Look for being seen, heard, and known. Uh, look for the use of giftings. And look for one-on-one -on -one relationships. This is Jesus with his gathering. This is Jesus with us. All of us are his disciples, right? A disciple just means an apprentice, a follower, um, a student to a teacher. And so that's what I am to Jesus. That's what you are to Jesus, whether we're younger in age or older in age. I want us to all recognize that's our relationship with him, but it also can give us some insight specifically for our younger children even into our teens, how can we stand alongside them in a way that enables them to grow in their gifts the way Jesus equipped and then stood beside his disciples as he challenged them to carry on the work of the kingdom. So please keep your, your ears open for those five things. Let me read these two events. They happened back to back the way Matthew recounts them. And they're in Matthew 14, starting with verse 13. And then I'm going to just challenge us to discuss these things uh, as a community of faith. What does it mean for us? So Matthew 14, 13 says, Now when Jesus heard this, talking about the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. He's setting an example for prayer, for solitude, if we're going to impact our disciples, our children, if we're going to be a follower of Christ, we need to be able to follow this example as well. It's kind of a point to the side, but I want to highlight it before we move past it. Um, make sure you set aside time and I set aside time to go off by ourselves and pray. That's the mentoring relationship and example that Jesus sets for us. There's a lot of power in that recharge, in that spiritual connection to experience God. I'll say no more, but please notice and observe who we're apprenticed to and how he does it. So again, verse 13, when Jesus heard this sad news, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place. The day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You, give them something to eat. They said to him, We only have five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, he said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides the women and the children. That's our first moment. Do you see the mentoring? 
Do you see the giftings being used? Do you see the experience in God being seen, heard, known? Do you see them having ownership? So verse 22 continues, says immediately. So right from there to this next experience they have with Jesus. Uh, chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten against the waves, for the wind was against them. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. ownership. Jesus didn't just get the fish, get the loaves, break it himself, give it out himself. They came to him and they said, we can't feed him. He said, you can. Go do it. Ownership. Is this how we operate with the children in our midst? Oh, we need to do communion. Child, teen, go ahead and lead us in communion. We don't have anything. You need bread, you can do it. Need juice, you can do it. Go find something for us. But you notice the one-on-one relationship meant he didn't let them fail. When they didn't know how, he was right there with them. So he said, you go do it. And they said, well, this is all we came up with. Just a little bit of bread, a little bit of fish. And he said, give it to me. And he did the miracle. He showed them. He was there with them. He said, come here. Let me help you. You do it. But let me help you. See, the giftings, the miracle, the, the miraculous faith of the disciples, the miraculous multiplication of this food only happened because they were in this one-on-one relationship and because he gave them a sense of ownership. They were able to use these giftings and, and implement this miracle. They were the ones that saw the fish multiply as they passed out the baskets. They were the ones with the people interacting and he was the one in one place saying, go and do it, you can do it. He saw and heard and knew them. He knew the crowds needed healing. He had compassion on them. He knew the disciples had little faith and so he wanted to build on that. He heard their needs for healing and for hunger, and he met their needs. This is a great role model for us with our children. Do we know what their needs are? Are we meeting those needs? Are we commissioning them? Go, do. Oh, you need help? I'm here. Let's do it together. Do we know them? Are we listening to them? Are they seen? Are they using their giftings? Are they the ones with the hands on, boots on the ground, seeing the miracles happen? It shouldn't just be a special person with a special gifting in a special place. And as all this rooted and founded in prayer, us going alone with the Lord and saying, who will we need to minister to? Who will we need to empower to use their giftings? How can I help the children in our lives? And now if we put ourselves in the role of children, faith like a child, Jesus, what's our relationship with you? What do you want me to take ownership of? In our missional communities, everyone has to take ownership. Everyone has to be invested. You can't go and just sit there and do nothing. Otherwise, nothing will happen. You can't not contribute to conversation. Otherwise, nothing will get said. 
You can't not pray for someone or no one will get prayed for. You know, there's just a small group of people. So we need to be invested. Otherwise, it won't happen. So be invested. Take ownership. Do it. That's Jesus mentoring us. And he'll say, I'll do this with you. Use your giftings. That's just great. How about with the second example, right? Jesus said to them, it's me. Don't be afraid. He saw their fear. He saw them, he heard them, he knew them. And when Jesus, or when Peter wanted to come to him, Jesus says, come on, do it. Step out of the boat. Ownership. Instruction, but ownership. Do this. A challenge. Let's see that faith, Peter. Come on. And when he couldn't, when he sort of could but couldn't, he almost could, Jesus reached down and grabbed his hand and did it with him. Come here, let's do this together. I will do this with you. And in some cases, Jesus says, I'll have to do this for you. You're not quite ready, but, but you are ready. Come on, step out of the boat. Live by faith. The gift Peter had the miracle of walking on water. Right? The disciples had the miracle of distributing. They were experiencing those giftings, but it was enabled by Christ because he was the one calling them to do it. And he had compassion on them, but he also challenged them. Where's your faith? Let's see this food get multiplied. Where's your faith? Walk on water. So Jesus isn't just making excuses for his disciples. He's challenging them. He's, he's showing them more than they could have seen on their own. How can we do that for our children? Not just saying, oh, well, they're kids. They couldn't know. Well, do it. Let's find out. Maybe they have greater faith than we do. But if their faith lags, let us step alongside. Boost them. Show them. Let them see something through our eyes. Let them experience God together. Let them experience God. These were such wonderful experiences of God through Christ for the disciples. And that's what I would love for our individual missional communities to be. Places where we can experience God. If we're waiting for someone else to do it for us, it's never going to happen. You have to have a sense of ownership. If you're waiting for someone else's gifts to rise up, you'll never be implementing your own. What are your gifts? How can you live in them? How can you bring them to the table? How do you need to be seen? How do you need to be heard? How do you need to be known? What will open your eyes and look around to see others? Speak up. You know, voice your needs so that others can come around you and meet those needs. Have a sense of ownership and have these one-on-one relationships. Because that's what it means to be fully church. Jesus was building his church here. And when he left, the disciples just continued with what he had taught them. Right? The Great Commission. Go and make disciples and baptize them and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. So this is the disciples learning how to be fully church. Multiplying loaves and fishes to a crowd of people is fully church. Walking on water is fully church. These momentary lapses of faith was fully church and relying upon Christ and having Him boost their faith and complete those miracles through His strength. That's fully church. Letting the children come to Him is fully church. Faith like a child is fully church. That's what we are. We're fully church. Uh, Don't ever think of uh, two or three gathered together as less than, as incomplete, as insufficient, as unable. I challenge you this week, this month, this year, these months, as we're experiencing full church together, to not sell yourself short and let your expectations be simply for a time to read a scripture and sing a song and then go home. What if our full church looks like Jesus and his disciples? 
we have an opportunity now for our New Hope family to be in these small house churches uh, to look like the New Testament church did. And there was no shortage of gifts being used. There was no shortage of ownership. There was no shortage of uh, poor being fed, of crowds being fed, of miracles being done, of the gospel, of people being saved. There was no shortage of that because it was fully church and we are fully church. So... Adults, uh, I challenge you to have faith like a child, to embrace the same five values that Michaela challenged us to last week for our kids, to embrace them for ourselves, and to take some time now just to discuss what it means to look like disciples, to live like disciples, and to be fully church in our individual missional communities. May God bless you, and may it be an exciting time of thriving together in this expression of church. God bless.